This UTMB coverage is brought to you by Oladance, wireless Bluetooth headphones which deliver 19 hours of battery life, superior sound, the ability to still safely hear your surroundings, and an open-ear design so you can wear them for a long time without ear pain. If you're interested, head over to oladance.com forward slash ST and use code ST at checkout for $30 off their OWS2 headphones. Also, thanks to Pillar Performance, a sports micronutrition company that I was introduced to after having Sam Parsons from Tin Man Elite on the show a while back. I use their pineapple coconut flavored triple magnesium product, which delivers high potency magnesium glycinate for better sleep and added recovery during my training blocks. If you're an American-based listener, head over to thefeed.com forward slash pillar and use code SINGLETRACK in all caps for 15% off your order. For international listeners, the same code gives you the same discount. Just go to pillarperformance.shop instead. Finally, thanks to Kodiak Cakes, makers of my favorite pancake mix. It doesn't just taste great. It's also 100% whole grain and packed with 14 grams of protein per serving that helps with recovery. Go over to their website, get yourself a few boxes of the mix, and in the process, use code SINGLETRACK15 at checkout for 15% off your next order. With that, let's get to the show. All right, Sabrina Stanley, it's great to have you back on the show. There is a lot to talk about, and it's always a pleasure to chat, so thanks for being here. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. I want to start with this, and I imagine it's difficult to relive, but it's so relevant to this conversation and where you're at now. I'm wondering... Have you made peace with what unfolded at last year's UTMB where, you know, you were in the best shape of your life, you were dialed with the course, but, you know, last minute you had to opt out due to COVID. Like, have you made peace with that? Like, what's, what's the story you, you tell yourself now about what went down there and what it means in the context of your career? That's a hard, that's a hard question to answer. Um, I don't know what making peace means. Uh, I think you just have to like move on and keep rolling. I think then I think if grand raid had gone differently, then I'd be like, yeah, it was no big deal. But the whole, I mean, I came over to Chamonix June 1st last year to run Mont Blanc 90 K got canceled a few hours before race start. Didn't run UTMB. Didn't do grand raid. Like I thought I would. And so just like all of last year, it's kind of just like, let's just, erase it and move on and kind of forget it happened take whatever lessons I can and go into this year um I think with like a completely different mindset than I had last year what's the new mindset <laughs> um the goal is to get to the start line <laughs> which sounds so simple and easy like not even the finish line I just want to get to the start line um I've been obviously once I'm there then the goal is to get to the finish line. And once that is in progress, then the goal, the goals advance. But uh, the, I'm not even like, obviously the training has taken place. I'm here, I'm ready to go, but it's hard to put so much passion and energy into something that like hasn't happened yet. Knowing how, I didn't take it well last year. <laughs> so like, yeah, it's scary. It's scary to put that much heart into something and not know what's going to happen. It's interesting to me. D- does it feel like 
because I don't know, you know, I've had you on the podcast a few times. You're obviously an extremely accomplished athlete in the sport. You've done great things. There was a lot of, you know, call it unusual adversity in a lot of different areas of, you know, your racing life. Are you saying that like, because of what happened last year, you you've totally reinvented just how you approach the sport and maybe just like your expectations heading into each race, or is it just with like UTMB, for example? I don't think it's how I approach the sport. I think it's, it's not even, yeah, let's say just UTMB. I mean, I've done a hundred and done it, I would say fairly well, not to my full potential since last season. Um, so I'm like, I have the step ladder to get back on the horse. <laughs> I feel like yeah. once I run UTMB well, then I'm like back on the horse. But um, mm. yeah, I I just want to have a good race. You know, um, will it will it will it be a long term project for you though? Like, for example, is this year like? regardless of what happens this year, do you see it as one of those things like Nolan's where it's this, you know, uh, sort of like eternal project and you're going to keep going back until you do it to the way you want to see it be done? Oh, for sure. I mean, cause I think last year I was going into it. Like I'm in the best shape of my life. My mindset's there. Like I was 100% in it and going into that event, I thought this is my opportunity to run it as best as well as I ever can. And like, this is the day this year. It's like, do the best you can. And obviously there's expectations, but do the best you can. And you can come back next year and you're going to improve upon that time and so on and so forth. And like, you are just like setting benchmarks for the future where last year was kind of like, I'm going to one and done this and I'm going to have a phenomenal race. And so this year it's like, nail it, nail it to my full potential and gain some in-race knowledge, and just go from there. Mm. You know, you, you mentioned the Grand Raid DNF, but as I look at what you have done so far in 2023, it looks like there's been pretty decent forward momentum. Like you, you've won a couple local 50 milers here in the U.S. You podiumed at Snowdonia, which, which sort of punched your ticket to UTMB this time around. Generally speaking, do you feel like you are at a pretty good level of, of confidence heading into this race? Like, do you feel like you have a similar level of confidence that you had going into UTMB last year? Where is that right now? Yeah. I mean, I think the mindset's just different. Whoops. Sorry. <laughs> Camera's moving. Um, like last year, I just, like I said, I was going to one and done it this year. It's a much more like not as much, pressure I guess like yeah I don't it's just it's just and I think in a good way almost like when I did western states and podiumed I went into it I feel like with the same mindset I'm going into UTMB this year but I feel like I did hard rock 2021 with the same mindset I had last year for UTMB so it's just it's different points in life, I guess, different points in training, different points in just like knowing what I can mentally handle in terms of if something does go wrong, like just moving forward and saying, okay, I made it to the start line and now we're going to keep going from there. I mean, obviously I'm going to make it to the finish line, but it's just, yeah, I don't, 
I was not in a good place last year. And I don't think yeah. I'm ready to revisit that if something doesn't go as planned. Well, I recall from our conversation last year that, you know, you based yourself out of Chamonix for whatever it was, two or three months before the race. You basically touched every step of the course. You trained extremely specifically. From a training standpoint, was it important for you to replicate that again this year? Or did you take a different approach from a training standpoint? So I've been here since July 17th. I flew out the day after Hard Rock and took a couple days to like adjust to the time. And then after that, I did a four-week training block and then two-week taper, which I'm in the middle of before the race. I haven't ran a single day not on course. And the only miles I've done off of course have been the mile getting to and from the train station to get to the course or the mile to yeah. the course. So my knowledge of the course has grown extensively, even from last year. Um, this year I did a lot more bigger runs on course and the other days were a little bit smaller last year. Let's say I did six to seven days of like 15 to 20 miles every day. And like it varied, but we'll average that. This year, I've done a handful of 50Ks, a couple 46 milers, and then shorter on my other days. So I've done uh, Cormier to Valorcine a couple times. I feel really good about the back half of the race. I was just going to ask you what you see as the most important points on the course for you, either in terms of just like needing a certain energy reserve or taking advantage of your natural skill sets as you know, as you've, as you've sort of declared yourself being a hundred mountain, hundred miler specialist, what parts of this course are you really marking as critical for you to have as good of a day as you think you're capable of having? I think the transition from Italy to Switzerland is going to be like, I would like to get stronger from there on out. Obviously, Cormier turned it on a little bit, but that big descent before Champé-Lac, um, I think there's like kind of a key point in the race. And then from there, obviously, to the finish. And that's also when it gets a little bit more mountainous. Uh, the first, what, I'd say half the race, it, maybe one third, isn't really uh, my cup of tea. It's a little flat. And so I'm yeah. just trying to survive. <laughs> I mean, I don't think that's any secret. I'm not like a track runner or a flat runner. So um, that section will, I I just want to preserve my energy until the back half. And I think that's most runner strategies uh, heading into it is, is to get stronger as you go. Yeah. So I think once the real climbing starts and the real descending starts, that's where I hope to start making some moves. This UTMB coverage is also brought to you by Brooks. I first started using their products, especially the Cascadia 8, way back in 2014 during a thru-hike of the Appalachian Trail. Fast forward to 2023, and they have a new and improved Cascadia 17 shoe and a high-point clothing collection that merges great performance and style. Check it all out over at brooksrunning.com forward slash singletrack. Also, thanks to Morton. I've been using their hydrogels, 225C bars, and caffeine drink mixes during all my key training runs and races this summer. It's sports nutrition made with all natural ingredients that go down easy and minimize palate fatigue so you can trust it during your longest efforts. Keep in mind, these are the same products used by top athletes like Tom Evans and Killian Jornet. So head over to morton.com to take a look at what they got and try some for yourself. And finally, 
thanks to Features, makers of my favorite trail running socks. They're durable, they're comfortable, and they're stylish. And again, these are also trusted by many of the best athletes in our sport. If you'd like to give them a try, head over to their website, grab a few pairs, and use code SINGLETRACK20 at checkout for 20% off your next order. With that, let's get back to the show. In doing recon of this course in the past, you know, four to six weeks, are there any interesting new insights or appreciations about parts of the course that you have now that maybe you overlooked in last year's prep or didn't appreciate as much in last year's prep? Like, I guess what I'm asking is what are some things that you've learned in the second go around training on this course that, you know, maybe you just didn't appreciate in last year's uh, prep? I just, I spent a lot more time. I mean, the, the 12 miles before the finish are easy to get to, but on the other side of Triant, there's a lot of section that's super hard to get to. And so by taking the bus to Cormier and just doing these huge days, I feel like I really, and obviously without crew or anything, I really got a feel for running it on semi-tired legs, how the climbs are going to feel. There was a couple climbs last year that felt never ending on like super hot days or, or whatnot. And so this year I feel like I know for some reason, the more I know a climb, the mentally less challenging it is to me, like to know every switch back. And I feel that I know the course much more like intimately than I did last year. Um, I've also listened to every podcast I can get my hands on that have UTMB in it. And so um, <laughs> I've listened to a lot of runners say, this is where I crashed and burned, or this is where I came alive, or this is the nutrition yeah. mistakes I made, you know, whatever it is. And uh, I think that has been insightful in its own way. I was just going to ask, and I think it's, it's cool that you've done so much homework and, you know, you've had UTMB analysis and interviews in the earbuds on runs. It makes me want to ask here, are you somebody pre-race that enjoys keeping tabs on other athletes in the race? Like, are you excited and ex inspired and motivated by, you know, the competition that you're going to face on race day or, you know, to use like a, a basketball analogy here, you know, you have people like LeBron James who they go in quote unquote zero dark 30 mode where they just turn off all social media. They, they quiet the mind, they, they quiet all the noise around them. And they're just sort of focused on themselves pre-race. Like what's, what's your approach in that regard? I think it varies with the race and what I'm, where my mind's at, what I'm looking to get out of it. So last year, yeah, I had splits from all these previous runners and yeah, I, I knew my numbers and whatnot this year. It's more of like focus on me. I would say like, I couldn't tell you who else is in the race. I know a few names from my teammates talking about it, but I can maybe name three other females in the race. And that's, like I said, just from hearsay. So I just know what I want to accomplish for myself and what I'm capable of from my training runs. And I'm not worried about how anyone else is running or what's going to happen to their races. So that's kind of where I'm at. When I'm in like heavy training blocks, I'm the worst at social media. So I think that's kind of, I just, I, yeah, <laughs> it's not, it's not something I like enjoy, um, spending a lot of time on. So I try not to last question for you. And, and this, this is a question. Well, I'll ask this question to a lot of different athletes in, in one form or another, but it's, it's part of my, my mission in these pre-race interviews to get less athletes to sort of sandbag where their, where their fitness is or what their intentions are for the race. And I'll ask you here, what, 
are you going to win this race one day? Even if it's not necessarily oh, in 2023, sure. like, are you approaching it like you're going to win this race one day? Yes, without a doubt. I mean, I think that should be every runner's goal, right? And I was actually actually listened to, I don't know if it was your interview, Katie Shide's interview with somebody. And I just like, feel like I get a lot of flack for being super competitive and saying that, which I don't think it's a big deal to say you want to win UTMB. I think every runner would hands down say yes to that. And I just think that all these women are equally as competitive. Like Katie said that she, she came back three years, like clearly. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I admire her so much for that. Like that drive is there, whether it's expressed differently or not. I think every, like, you don't just walk into UTB and accidentally win. there's a plan there has like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's silly to say there's that. <laughs> I mean, certainly, and again, this is just my experience. I, I, I personally think there is across all genders, there's a, there's a sport wide hesitation to speak your truth and to, to speak your intentions pre-race. And maybe there is some strategy in that. And maybe when you put it out into the universe, it's, it, it puts, you know, undue pressure on you to, to follow through on race day, but um, I don't know. It's easy for me to say as somebody in the media, you know, just looking for clicks, it's, it's, it's valuable, but I can maybe see why athletes don't do it. Well, I mean, if you get to the level of being a sponsored athlete, like, like, again, that's not an accident. Like you pursued that in some way. It just doesn't fall into your lap. Like you wanted to win specific races along the way. And like, once you win them, that dream grows to more prestigious races and so on. So I just, I don't know. I, I think everybody's competitive and I think everybody wants to win. Well, Sabrina, always great chatting with you. We're excited to follow your race, uh, here in about a week. We'll, we'll make sure to link to all of your social media in the show notes. Is there any final thoughts you want to share with the audience before we go? Oh, uh, <laughs> not off the top of my head. Um, yeah, I'm excited for race day. We're getting super close.